Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Comic Book Day, and welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. This week, we will talk indie comics with an expert in the field, a man with impeccable comic book taste, TJ Tegg. But before we do that, intern Stan, a theme song, if you please. Intern Stan, that was fantastic. That, of course, was the Wildcats theme from the probably wildly popular uh, 90s cartoon series, which uh, I didn't know existed until TJ here just mentioned it. You're welcome. It, it, it wasn't wildly popular. <laughs> it lasted 13 episodes, and then no one ever talked of it ever again for good reasons. So you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome for that probably reminder. for the best. Um, we, we, like I mentioned in the uh, opening, we are here with uh, TJ. TJ is uh, more into indie comics than anyone I know, and I wanted to have, well, I've wanted to have him on the show for a while, uh, as I have mentioned before, um, because I, I want to consider this like a, a primer to indie comics. If you out there listening have only really read Marvel and DC, like the big two, um, we want to give you an idea of uh, what else to read, what else to kind of dive headfirst into. But before we do that, um, let's discuss your bona fides, TJ. Who are you? I am TJ Tegg. Uh, I'm a amateur comic book artist. Uh, I've been a big fan of the medium since well into my younger years. Uh, falling in love with it, not so much with the comics themselves, but because I'm I'm, I'm, I just turned 31. If you're within that age group, you remember your childhood being filled with ca- cartoons like the X-Men and the Batman the animated series and Spider-Man, stuff like that. And that made me really fall in love with, the, with those characters. But if you remember the 90s, they weren't exactly what I would call a good time for comics. Uh, this was... Mm-hmm. The, this was the era of Liefeld and Jim Lee and all that, and all the comics were very, very similar in a way that I did not like even as a kid. They were all drawn the same, like Rob Liefeld, and the stories were like all the superheroes had guns, and they were dark and edgy, and they didn't have eyes and weird legs, and like they were all super huge, and all the girls looked like you know Playboy models. It you know just I was not into that as a kid, but I really wanted to get into comics. So, what got me into them uh, very young, younger in, uh, was the cartoons. I, like I said, uh, but what really got me into the comic books and getting me into comic book stores was uh, actually an issue of GamePro, which is a obscure, like uh, not obscure, an old defunct video game magazine back in the day. Mm, it's obscure and, now. 
Yeah, obscure now, once you say video game magazine, they're like, why would you need that? <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, they were running a preview of a video game coming out called Scud the Disposable Assassin, which is based on an indie comic of the same name. Uh, and to the side of it, they had a little introductory comic. It was essentially like the five-second pitch for the comic. It was one page. It gave you the summary of what the premise was, who the character was, what's he doing. And I remember reading that as a kid, and I fell in love with it just from that one page. It had humor. It had, like, this unique character. And if you if you have never heard of Scud the Disposable Assassin, the concept is in the future or some setting where there's, like, it's Earth, but not, you know, this Earth. It's, you know, uh, people could buy robots from vending machines that would kill whoever you tell them to. They're assassin robots. And whenever they kill their targets, they explode. You know, they self-destruct. No muss, no fuss. Uh, and in the first issue of Scud, the, uh, the title of Scud, finds, uh, reads the message on his back that says, once he kills his target, he's going to explode. Don't stand near him. And says, screw that. So he puts his target on life support and has to take on uh, other jobs to pay the bills. Um, sure. So that his target can keep living so that he doesn't die. Uh, which, upon reflecting, saying, like, oh, at the time, 90s comics were all about superheroes and guns. And then I just tell you that the story, the comic that got me into comics is a robot with guns. Um, a little bit hypocritical, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that series showed me that there could be more to comic books than just superheroes fighting supervillains time after time, never evolving because they have to stay the same, you know, like nobody's staying dead, all that stuff. It showed me that comics could be more than what was out at the time. <clears throat> and uh, that led to me finding other books that were similar and, you know, just going from there, finding, you know, finding other great things that led me to other types of stories and, uh, you know, other genres and just realizing that comics can be anything. Mm. And that definitely helped. That, that, and that also inspired me to want to make those. I want to be the artist that can do more, you know, stories than just superheroes, you know? So mm. th that's what's motivated me throughout all this. Awesome. Um, in that same vein, um, you have, uh, like you said, you've been an avid comic book fan ever since. What are you reading now? What are your uh, the, the best books that you're reading now? Uh, I'm going to get the two staples that everybody says out of the way, Saga and Sex Criminals. Mm -hmm. If you're not reading them, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you're, you're, you're missing out. Uh, other books that I'm reading that aren't the ones that everybody else is reading, uh, which makes me sound like a hipster by saying it that way. Well, moving on, moving on. Uh, well, no, I, that's that's what <laughs> the, the point of uh, of having you on here is. Uh, we want to we want to expose uh, a wider audience mm -hmm. um, to uh, to expose these books to a wider audience. People who might not normally seek these books out on their own, they might after hearing this episode. Yeah. Okay, uh, what I am reading now uh, is uh, Rat Queens which is a fantasy D&D type story with like a it's a very unconventional D&D story it's about this group of female adventurers called Rat Queen the Rat Queens uh and the hijinks and trouble they get into uh it's very funny uh very much in vein of like a D&D story uh but with a good sense of humor and strong like I know this sounds cliche strong female characters um, but it's it's a refreshing take on that genre, so I've been reading that a lot. 
Um, I actually just got done reading Jocko, the Galactic Patrolman mm -hmm. by Akira Toriyama. Uh, maybe not so much an indie book as it's a manga, um, but uh, Akira Toriyama, if you're not familiar, is the creator of the Dragon Ball franchise. Uh, he also did the character designs for the Chrono Trigger, was that the first? Uh, Chrono Trigger, I believe. Yeah, uh, I and so. the, uh, I want to say Dungeon Quest or Dragon Quest RPG series that are very Drag popular. I think that Dragon was Dragon Quest, yeah. 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 Uh, but he's done the character tr character designs for them. He's also did Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you know, his, I was a, he was a big influence on me when I was a kid too, because uh, his style is just so full of energy. Um, say what you will about his faces, because he draws all the faces the same, and the only way you can tell the characters are different are by their hairstyles. Um, with, but say what you will of that, but he he has so much energy into the panel layout that he does. Um, so I was thrilled to learn he was doing another comic. Um, I was not so thrilled to learn that it was a one-and-done uh, situation, it's, you know, you can buy it, it's like 215 pages, and that's it, mm -hmm. which is fine, you know, that you get a decent, you get a really decent sized chunk of the story, but it, you know, it's a good way to go, because I read it, and I immediately wanted more, as opposed to reading it and going, wow, that should have only been like 100 pages, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what was it called again? Jocko, the Galactic Patrolman, G-A-C-O. Okay. It just came out like a couple weeks ago. I, it's on, it's on Comicsology. Um, and what else am I reading? Let me consult my Comicsology list. <laughs> um, not an indie book, but I am reading the new Batgirl run by Cameron Stewart and Babs Tar. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely love her art. Um, it's a fun. It's a fun series. It's 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 fun. It's old school. Like comic books can be fun and not just, you know, end of the world every day. Yeah, end of the world. Um, I'm trying to think, what have I, what have I been reading lately? <laughs> um, <laughs> the Autumn Lands, Tooth and Claw by Kurt Busiek, and mm -hmm. uh, which is I, I believe Ellen talked about it uh, last time she was on, so I won't go into that too much detail. That's correct. I, I just finished uh, this the series called Mimetic, uh, Mimetic, M E M E T I C. It's from Boom Press. Um, it was a three. It's three issues. Each issue is about like forty some odd pages, uh, miniseries uh, by Boom. And the concept is, it's the end of the world, and the end of the world is brought upon by an internet me uh, meme or meme or whatever however they're pronounced. Okay. It's surprisingly interesting, considering you think that it's going to be a simple story, uh, and it ends in such a great way where it's like you kind of want a sequel, but also once again the story. You know, they told the story they wanted to. The fact they leave you with more is exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's that was by I can't remember the artist's name, but it's by Boom Press. Uh, that was and that's pretty much it lately. Mm -hmm. Everything else is random trades I pick up on whims. Um, yeah, but those are the big ones I, can, I keep reading. Excellent. Are there any uh, artists or creators that you're really high on right now? Uh, yes, uh, Matt Fraction. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, he. he he does sex criminals. He does one of the you know one of the best Marvel books out right now, Hawkeye. I absolutely adore his writing. Uh, I just picked up uh, two bo uh, two books from him. I think it's called Odyssey. O D Y hyphen C. Uh, issue one just came, came out like a month or so ago. I think issue two might have just came out. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited to read that. Um, 
and another book that I can't that I can't think of at the top of my head. <laughs> but um, one is indie it, creator uh, is it the Wicked and the Divine? No, no, no. That's Karen oh, no, that's, Gillian and then yeah. Jamie McKelvey, which is also yeah, quite right. good. I've um, heard I've heard very good things about. Yeah. It. Uh, but uh, I'm on a really big uh, Grendel kick. Uh, Grendel is a creation of Matt Wagner. Uh, he was created back in the 80s. It's The concept was, in the original miniseries, Grendel was this socialite criminal crime lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was like this miniseries told from like a perspective of a girl writing in her journals. like, And it was a miniseries about Hunter Rose, socialite, and his rise and fall as Grendel, this masked crime lord, um, which then led into spinoffs of like the continuing story that ranges. It starts off from a story starting in the 80s. It ends in the post-apocalypse, like a thousand years later, where there's mutants and cyborgs with lightsabers and you know that. So I'm, I've, I've always been a fan of Matt Wagner, uh, He's really good. He's a creator always to look out for. Uh, also, does the great he- uh, Mage the Hero Defined and Mage the Hero Discovered mm-hmm. uh, comic series. Both were created in the 80s, and then the sec- uh, Defined, which was a sequel, was done in the late 90s. They're 12 issues long. That concept is, uh, what if King Arthur was reincarnated? Like, there's all these... It's a supernatural, like, Buffy story where there's you know, monsters and people have to fight the monsters and all the people that fight the monsters are reincarnation of characters from, like, history or folklore, like King Arthur, uh, Hercules, uh, you know, other pantheons like that. So it's it's a really interesting story. So I, I follow Matt Wagner a lot, too. Uh, two big ones. Um, Brian Lee O'Malley, he just put out Seconds. He's uh, he, he did the absolutely incredible Scott Pilgrim book series. Six books by any press. Absolutely love them. Uh, he's a creator I will definitely follow anywhere. Uh, he also did this book called Lost in Sea, Lost at Sea. He just put out Seconds, which came out, I want to say, last winter? Or some, or sometime within 2014. Yeah. Which was also phenomenal as well. Uh, but one of my favorite artists I'm following right now is James Stokoe. Uh, he does this absolutely wonderful book called Orkstain, uh, which is hard to describe, but imagine a heavy metal video where all the all the character like it's a world where there's orcs, mm-hmm. and they get into it's it's hard to describe. The art is absolutely stunning. James Stokoe puts so much energy and detail in each one of his drawings. Right, like he's one of the best artists working right now. Um, he just he did a series for he did a mini series for Godzilla called like the the Century Long War, Century War, not sure. Uh, he also did a really good book called Wonton Soup, but uh, he does various stories from here. He he is one of those artists that impresses me always because he is working on 20 different titles at the same time, mm-hmm. and you're always amazed by how much detail he can put in on sh- such a short time. But Orkstain, definitely one of my favorite books. Needs to come out more frequently, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Fantastic. Well, uh, we are going to have a quick word from our sponsors, uh, and then when we get back, we will dive right in to a, uh, a primer of all things indie comics. So stick around for more Panel Riot and more TJ after this. Time for me to tell you about a really great Petri wine, Petri California Muscatel. 
Did you ever walk through a vineyard early in the morning and pick a big, juicy muscat grape right off the vine? Mm -mm. If you've ever done that, then you know what to expect when you taste Petri Muscatel. Petri Muscatel is the color of golden sunshine with a flavor to match. Serve Petri Muscatel after dinner some evening or serve it any time friends drop in. It's a wonderful way to express your hospitality with a wonderful wine, a Petri wine. Welcome back to Panel Riot. As always, we are grateful to the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. We are talking about indie comics. We are talking with TJ, who has read many, many indie comics and has excellent taste in them. TJ. Yes. Let's dive right in. All right. What comics should we start with? Okay. Um, One of the biggest indie comics that uh, I first got into back in the day is a series called Bone by Jeff Smith. Uh, It's a very... It it felt it feels like a Disney story. Um, it has this g- absolute gorgeous uh, black and white uh, Disney esque art. Uh, the concept is there's this uh, little short plain white looking cartoon character named Phone Phone Bone, and he goes into a city of humans and he learns a little. He loves a little. There's a uh, a race where somebody impersonates a cow that races against a grandma, and if they won, I think that like that means they got good weather that season. I can't remember. It's been a while. It's it's a it's, it was a long series, uh, but that is a great one to start with to get you into the in what like what indie comics can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, all ages. Is that, yeah. is that still ongoing or is no? It- no, it concluded a couple years ago, um, which is good because you can buy the complete series in one book Mm -hmm. uh it is the size of a phone book but it is worth it incidentally if you would like to buy the complete series of bone head on over to panel riot click on the amazon button and uh it will be there and you will also be supporting the show just a quick little plug for uh for our website there go on ahead uh another book that i uh would recommend that you know i absolutely always adored was usagi ujimbo uh, by Stan Sakai. Um, it's it, I, I remember Ellen talking about it a little bit in her podcast, but it is an absolute joy of a comic. Uh, it's been running since the 80s, and it's, um, it's about a robot samurai named Usagi. He's mm-hmm. traveling to Japan. He gets into hijinks. Uh, the best thing about it is, like, even though it's in running since the 80s, each story feels complete. Um, but not even, like, you know, you can pick up a random trade and be told a good story with, like, very minimum knowledge of, like, who the characters were before that. But the real best thing about that is each comic feels like a Akira Kurosawa film, mm-hmm. but in comic form and with a bunny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kurosawa was director of Seven Samurai, legendary film director, um, and... I loved Usagi Ujimbo because each each trade felt like a good story that would have been worthy of Akira Kurosawa if he had bunnies. Right. Um, <laughs> if he if, had worked with bunnies who are also people. Yes, yes. That series 
one of the like it it got a lot of acclaim for its storyline called the grass uh, grass cutter, uh, mm-hmm. where they get a where Sagi comes across a mystical sword. Uh, but really, my favorite was Volume Four. I can't remember what the title of Volume Four was, but that felt like it was a culmination of the first three trade paperbacks. But at the same time, it it was an all out epic one like nonstop action story uh, uh, where they have to storm a fortress. There's duels. There's epic battles. There's samurais. There's ninjas. There's ninja cat people. There's ninja bat people. There's a rhinoceros. Huh. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a good time. Uh, Fantastic. So I would I would definitely recommend that because you look at the art and you think, oh, this is just like going to be a cartoony, funny book, but there's actually a lot of heart and a lot of just great action scenes in it. Uh, which, if you've only read superhero stuff, that might help you branch out because maybe you go for it for the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, it depends. Mind you, all these books depend on what your definition of indie is. Considering, I don't know if many people consider Image a indie publisher, considering they're huge. Uh, right. but... Yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a fine line because, like, I'm I'm ex- just for this podcast, I'm expanding the definition to like not Marvel or DC. But when you, when you really look at it, you know what I mean? There's there's Image and there's like Top Cow and everything like that. And I mean, they're big publishers as well. Mm. So, but yeah. we're just looking for al- alternates to the big... Alternates, team. yeah. And uh, um, so continue on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go on to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series that uh, has been running for a while uh, from IDW Press. Now, who are these guys? I've never heard of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, before. let me tell you. They're teenage <laughs> mutants, but they're okay. also Ninja Turtles. Well, hot damn. That sounds like a high-concept uh, kind of book. It but is. It is. It, you it, think it you might right up my alley. It does. Now, let me tell you more about it. Um, if you're a fan of the cartoon, now, there was a cartoon in mm-hmm. the 90s, and there's one now. Mm-hmm. And there was one in the, the middle aughts. But whatever. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard, I, I've only, I, I've seen the 90s one, of course, because mm. I am the age that I am. Um, and uh, I've watched a little bit of the like current Nickelodeon series. And I, if I remember right, the 2000s one was awful, right? I don't remember a lot. I didn't watch many episodes. I watched the final episode because that crossed over with the original Turtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was pretty much fan service, the final episode. Um, which I was okay with. Yeah. Um, but you know, so if you're a fan of the turtles, the new series from IDW, which has been running for like a couple years now, I think they're up to like issue 40, maybe even pushing 50. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit behind. Uh, it's, it's a fun new take on the turtles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the same characters. It's the same concepts. It's just, they're presented in a, almost like a different way. In this series, the turtles, are still turtles and Master Splinter is still a rat, but they are also possibly the reincarnation of a samurai family that was alive in the feudal era that died. And that explains how they're so good at Kung Fu. It's an interesting take. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Cause it also leads to like in the, like as everyone knows, Raphael and Leonardo were always the ones at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. But in the new series, it's Leonardo and Donatello are always at odds because Leonardo is very much a, like a man of faith, he believes Splinter when they when Splinter says, "You are the reincarnation of my son from feudal Japan." And Donatello, the man of science, is going, "No, we're just talking turtles. 
we're a family, but we're not a ancient feudal Japan family born again as talking turtles. That's dumb. Huh. Um, which it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's old. It's Ninja Turtles. It's got action. It feels fresh and new, while revisiting franchise, you know, story elements and characters that have been around for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've got to tell you, uh, no matter what else happens with this podcast if we do no other good whatsoever you have got me to get that book yes because as soon as we're done here i am going to find a copy of that book and read it because it sounds yes. awesome uh that series had one of my favorite storylines called the northampton storyline uh mainly because it was drawn by this absolutely incredible artist named ross campbell uh he is my definitive ninja turtle artist and uh, I love his stuff. He also uh, did a Ninja Turtles miniseries called Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. uh, which is also worth checking out. And he is going to be doing the Gem and the Holograms relaunch <laughs> comic book, which I never thought I would be excited for, but I, there I am. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, is, moving on. Is Gem and the Holograms also IDW? I, I think it is. I'm yeah. not 100% certain. I, I want to say yes. Yeah, it's, um, it seems like that... IDW is is another publisher, and it seems like they've been just collecting '90s properties and releasing yeah. comics. Yeah, because they're doing GI Joe, mm-hmm. they're doing Transformers, they're Ghost doing Busters. Ghostbusters, yeah. they're doing Ninja Turtles, and I believe there was a miniseries where all four of those crossed over. I think you're correct. And uh, you know, and I'm curious to see how it worked out. I've actually heard really good things about the Transformers Robots in Disguise comic series that's out now. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it myself, but uh, heard good things. Heard good things. Me too. Yeah. Um, another book. Uh, oh, this one. Because if if you've only read superhero comics, this is going to be a one for you. Because for the longest time, this was the best superhero comic on the stands. Like, nothing Marvel or DC could touch what this book was doing. And that book is called Invincible by Robert Kirkman, uh, now known as the guy that created The Walking Dead. This was the other series he created around that time. Mm-hmm. Not about zombies. Uh, <laughs> its basic concept is there's a kid in high school. He's known his entire life that his dad is essentially Superman. His dad is an alien from another planet that came to Earth to protect it. Mm-hmm. And he knew that he was, you know, he's probably going to someday develop superpowers. So when he does, he becomes a superhero because why not? Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best superhero comics for several, several years. Um, it's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, but start from the beginning for that one. That one is just, it, it was superheroes and it was an unabashed love story to superhero comics. It had a lot of similar tropes, like a lot of similar characters, but at no point does it make fun of them. Did no point was it like, oh, this is what's wrong. It was like, no, here's the tropes. Here's our superhero. Let's see him grow as a person and as a hero and what adventures he can get into. Um, so definitely pick that up if you've like only read Marvel and DC. If you just want more superheroes told in a new take, new light. Um Excellent. Yeah, it sounds that sounds really good. One of the best storylines I can't tell you about because it would spoil everything. <laughs> that, like that series led from issue one to their biggest like plot twist, which led to one of the most emotional superhero fights I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That has then reformed how that comic series was, and 
it's like it's well past issue 100. I want to say it's like up to 110 issues. Um, but it, you think it's going to be a super like a simple superhero story, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until like, uh, I yeah. So just just read Invincible. Start from the beginning. You will not regret your regret that decision. All right, fantastic. Anything else? Um, the only other indie comic I would recommend for for anybody. And I'm trying to do stories that are either done or you could pick up from their current issue and be all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is one of my all-time favorite series, 100 Bullets. Um, uh, yeah. 100 Bullets is a crime noir saga. It ran for 100 issues. The concept is there is a man named Agent Graves who would go to people with a, with a suitcase or an attache case. And in that case was indisputable proof that this person did you wrong. Maybe they murdered your daughter. Maybe they took all your money. Whatever. There's a photo and indisputable proof and a gun with 100 untraceable bullets. Mm -hmm. And if you use this gun and this bullet to do whatever you wanted to do, you would not be arrested. You had full carte blanche. Nothing like no matter who you killed, no matter what you did, if you used that gun, it would not go back to you. Um, and it starts off as just short stories of what do these random people that get these guns do with it. Like some people immediately go and shoot the person that did them wrong. Mm-hmm. Other people go talk to the person, try to find out why they did it, and then it leads to more revelations and more twists from there. So, um, But at the same time, there's also this ongoing storyline about the Minutemen, which were these like the assassins of assassins, you know, and like there's these families and there's uh, like, it goes into the, the mystery of the Croatoa Island incident, the Roanoke Island uh, from the colonial times where an entire mm-hmm. village disappeared. Yeah. I think they, I think they touch on JFK at one point as well. Yes. They specifically mentioned JFK and the second shooter. Mm-hmm. Won't go into that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great series. 100 issues well done from start to finish and definitely if you just want to have a good like it 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 was a set in real world set in real time Mm -hmm. saga but it felt epic because of what everything went down and everything led to one point and everything was connected it was it's one of those books that upon a second reading you discover so much more of the book as they were like, holy crap, this character has been here from the beginning, or they they mentioned this thing from issue two, and they finally like it finally came to fruition in issue fifty, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, so was definitely. it was it a hundred issues? Yes. Okay, because I yes. remember I I did read all of that one a little bit in college, actually because of you, yep. you recommended it to me then, mm-hmm. um, and I remember it being very long. Yes, it. Um, I, I have all the trades. It went up to 13 trade paperbacks. Okay. Uh, and if you get the trades, I hope you like puns because each one is a pun for the volume it is. Like, uh, volume one is like first second or first shot. Volume two is like second chances. Volume five is the counter fifth detective. Oof. Uh, and I want to say the, one of the last ones was Decayed. That was volume 10. Dirty Dozen. Yeah. You know, uh, but absolute, yeah, great book from start to finish. So check it out. Cool. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, all these are available through the Amazon link. 
on uh, on panelriot.com. So go and check them out. And uh, TJ, your timing is impeccable because I we, know. we have to take another word from our sponsors. Uh, it will be just the briefest of moments, and we'll be back with more TJ and more Panel Riot. Please stick yeah. around. Yeah. In or around the Pittsburgh area? Check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut? Check. Manny? Check. Petty? Check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at SpaPGH.com. That's S-P-A-P-G-H.com today. Because when you feel good, you look even better. Welcome back to this week's edition of Panel Riot. We are talking about indie comics. We are talking to TJ. Uh, I want to say, of, of course, thank you to our other sponsor, Metamorphosis, SpaPGH.com. Go and check them out. TJ. Yes. So we have, uh, we've talked about comics that people should be reading uh, if they want to get into indie comics. Uh, but we haven't really... Well, we t- I think we touched on it a little bit uh, in the first segment. But, but why? Why indie comics? Uh, well, because I'm a firm believer that comic books can be anything. Uh, they can be any genre. They can be done in any style. They can tell any type of story um, in a very unique way because comics are a very distinct, very unique medium. Uh, they can be compared to like TV and movies uh, in terms of like how they're like how the stories play out, but with comics you control the flow of how how the reader reads uh, and how they take in that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and with indie comics, there's just so much more. Um, it's more than just superheroes. It's more than just characters, you know, fighting evil. It, it you know some of the best comics I've ever read were simply like somebody trying to make sense of something that happened in their life and just living day to day. Mm-hmm. And then there's other comics where it was about the end of the world and they have to stop this great evil, you know? So indie comics, I think really represent that more than Marvel and DC. Like I'm not trying to bash Marvel or DC. It's just they they have a certain storylines they have to do. They have these characters, these iconic characters that people expect certain things from, so they have to keep telling these stories that are very similar over and over. But it, with indie comics, you can get a bigger gamut. You can have an entire issue of just two people talking over coffee, which you can't do in a Marvel book because that would be boring. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, like nobody nobody picks up a Wolverine book to see him talk to Jubilee about home finance <laughs> at, at a coffee shop. Right. Uh, but now let me let me ask you this. I feel that um, Marvel, particularly, and a little bit DC, has been moving more in that direction. Yes, character-driven no, no. books lately. It, they definitely have. It's it's a really exciting time for comics right now, both in the indie scene and Marvel and DC, because Marvel, especially lately, has been really trying to branch out and tell more stories with more characters for all for more audience. Like, because it's always been kind of an old boys club. But now they're really trying to focus on remembering that, oh, hey, girls do read comics. So they're trying to bring, like, you know, like the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which I have problems with that series. But, uh, <laughs> like, I absolutely adore the art. 
wasn't a big fan of the writing. Um, mm-hmm. But they're trying these new things and new takes on these characters to pretty much tap into the like the comics that the readers that are losing to the indie co- uh, crowd. And the indie crowd is just keep doing like putting out so many new things, and s- all of them are like really incredible. Like Saga, everybody talks at length about how great Saga is because what it is doing is just defying all expectations for what you expect from that kind of storyline mm-hmm. in a comic book. It's you know it's two like two adults having a mature relationship. They're already married, so there's not. It's not about the romance of how, well, will they or won't they. They have a kid, which for a lot of people is the end of a storyline for the romance because that you know that's the fruition of it. But it's you know, so right now we're at a time where those kind of stories are being told. Right, right. And, and we yeah. we've also talked about Velvet, who I've mentioned. Yes, I mentioned yes. that on this uh, this podcast multiple times because the lead is like uh, a female in her sixties. Um, I, th- I think she's. I think she's in her forties. I I did the math. I think, I think right. she's because I th- I read like because it starts with like November nineteen seventy three, and then they show her when she's like thirteen. And I did the math, and I was like, at, so at that point, she'd be like, she's in her mid forties. Yeah, I yeah, think she, I think I looked it up or something for a previous yeah. episode, but she might be sixty. I don't know. Either way, she yes. is an older female and she is the lead of a comic you know yes. what i mean that's that's it's, not exactly common nowadays that is really not like mm-hmm. that normally comic leads are young people in their 20s mostly white <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know and now we're getting stories with characters that are older characters of you know people of color mm-hmm. uh, you know females female comic stories are taking off like wildfire like a lot of the best ones are female led like saga mm-hmm. sex criminals um, the Batgirl book that I mentioned, you know, there's like all these Ms. Marvel, right, Captain yeah, Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel. There's all these books coming out right now. Uh, and, it's, and even in other like, uh, mediums like television, Legend of Korra just wrapped up. And the thought, like a female led char- character, a female character lead in an action show. That is something that just doesn't happen Mm-hmm. frequently and that is a great thing that we're finally seeing these stories and these characters and these situations being brought to light more yeah. often so it's it's an exciting time yeah which is weird because i mean there's been a lot of like really really popular shows that are that are female-led like that i mean um look at buffy the vampire slayer that yeah. was huge you know what yeah. i mean um it's and uh and oh and also um what is it called orphan black Yes, people Orphan Black. Orphan Black. Yeah. Um, so, like, this is a little bit off-topic for the for the content of this uh, series, but my, uh, I have a younger sister, mm-hmm. and growing up, she did wanted nothing to do with anything that I liked. She thought comic books were dumb. She thought video games were dumb. She thought all the TV shows I watched were dumb because she's a girl, mm-hmm. and she's like, they're dumb. They're just guys fighting, whatever. But then I showed her. Then we started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And at first she thought it was dumb because it was something I watched, but then all of a sudden I come home and I find my DVDs of the series are missing. And I was like, where did they go? And they were like, oh, your little sister took them. She watched all of them in one sitting. And I was like, Brittany, why would you do that? And she's like, I just really like that the show is an action show with a female lead. Like, I can relate to that more. Mm -hmm. So there is, like, there's an audience that that is not getting as much content as it should. So now all these characters and now comics are realizing that with all these great female led stories, 
it, it's yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, yeah, a little bit rambling at that point, but uh, no, 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 no. It's, yeah. it's like a, there's a a comic making the rounds on like Facebook and Tumblr and everything, and it's uh, this girl talking to like a Lego executive, and the Lego executive's like. Uh, or she's like, why don't you make more Legos for girls? And he's like, we did. Look at this one. It's a Lego house playset. And look, there's a little kitchen and all this stuff. And she's like, you don't have to do all that. All you need to add is one piece. And it was just the little hair piece with a ponytail that could take the spaceman and make it a girl. And that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. That really that's – Yeah. You, know, you don't need to – You don't go, need to – make it about housewives because girls want to read the same stories. They just want a female character every now and again. That is, you know, on the same level as the boys, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. indie comics have been doing that for ages mm-hmm. and Marvel and DC start finally starting to notice that's what, you know, they need to do more that more. Right. Um, right. Now, do you yeah. feel that, um, with, uh, with like Marvel's recent success, like, in film and everything like that, that they're, since they're bringing in more money, they can take bigger risks on, um, on books like Ms. Marvel and like the unbeatable squirrel girl and everything like that. They have more wiggle room, so to speak. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like definitely. Like if this was back when Marvel was in chapter 11 bankruptcy, they had to play it safe. Mm-hmm. They had to put out what they knew would make money. Cause comics are, you know, especially when you're running, like when you're putting out 120 some titles a month, you have to have like, you have to be able to guarantee you're getting your money back. And after the comics crash, uh, after the nineties, they had to be very careful with what they were putting out. So the like post bankruptcy Marvel was not exactly an exciting time. Cause they pretty much like, here's what worked. We're just going to do what works. We're not going to branch out because we can't afford to take a risk and have it blow up in our face. Mm-hmm. Thankfully they got their, you know, they got their, money situation straightened out so now they're a major you know they're owned by disney now they yeah. have disney money <laughs> you know like they can now afford to take these risks mm-hmm. with you know ms marvel and captain marvel and she hulk and squirrel girl you know they can now afford uh spider woman um which That's, i yeah which I'm, i might I'm pick up now yeah um spider gwen which is a dumb name for a series, but I can understand why they, they, they can't have two series called Spider-Woman about two separate characters. But Spider-Gwen, they can take a risk and put out a Spider-Gwen, Spider-Gwen series. Mm-hmm. They could not have done that, like, not even ten years ago, you know? Yeah. I think I think that was very, uh, very shrewd on their part, because, I mean, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff with all their books right now, but they did the Spider-Verse series, where it's all these Spider-Men from all these different universes and they introduced the character of spider gwen and people went insane yes because it was interesting and well written it was a take on a character that has mostly been pushed to the side for ages well um, with being dead yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and um and they and the, did i say the character design was great no you did not but yes that it's, like that char- that spider gwen outfit is just so in like i am an absolute fanboy of great character designs mm-hmm. um and spider gwen blew me away like this was a 2014 was a good year for superior redesigns because you had batgirl and spider gwen mm-hmm. and they were just and people got ape went apeshit because they were like yes here's this you know character and now she's not wearing like skanky you know battle armor she's like Short fully shorts. clothed 
and she looks iconic and she looks cool, but she doesn't look like she's a stripper. Mm-hmm. You know? So that that's a, definitely a good trend to have. And I just I, I just I just found it funny because I was reading through the books that they were releasing for the Spider Verse line, and like I think the one they were really hoping would take off and like get people excited was like the final one. Because it's done by Gabriel Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, mm-hmm. and it was like his first big Marvel book. Like, and Gerald Way is surprisingly a decent comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done the True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, uh, the Umbrella Academy. So he is a good comic writer. He's he's always been a big comic fan, but he's never done anything for Marvel. So that was going to be their big look. We got Gerald Way. He's won like he's been nominated for Eisner's. He's going to do this final issue of this miniseries. And nobody was talking about it because Spider Gwen was just so new and so fresh that everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's it. She's good, but this is what you know we're yeah. excited for because it's something new." So, right? Yeah. And yeah. and Marvel saw how how much buzz that created, and I think immediately they put the wheels in motion of we're going to give her her own yeah comic. Yeah, and I'm I'm really curious to see that because it you know Spider Gwen's an alternate universe. You know, Peter Parker's already dead in it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know if they're like, I don't know if they brought her over to this, to the main Marvel, but that will definitely be an interesting series to read. And it will feel very fresh and new because if they stick it in this, you know, the alternate universe setting, there's so much potential there because then you don't know how things are going to play out or how they did play out because everything is different. So that that's exciting. Right, right, right. Yeah. Do you know who's writing uh, the. Uh, I want to say Jason Latour. I, I, it's the same creative team that did the the issue two of Spider Verse. Okay. Um. I want, so I want to say Jason Latour and uh, I can't remember the artist's name. Rodriguez. Something with the G and Rodriguez. Uh, I can't remember uh, either. It's a comicsology. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on. My, I have it on my thing. Yeah. Spider Verse. <laughs> I was actually I was looking on Wikipedia and it doesn't say. Oh. Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. There we go. There it is. And Jason Latour, I didn't know he was a writer. Uh, Jason Latour, 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 uh, Latour is a really good artist too. Um, but he wrote the Spider Gwen issue, and he's, from what I believe, he's writing the Spider Gwen series with Robbie Rodriguez, whose art was really good in that issue. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Which is getting me, getting me excited about superhero comics is very hard because I'm jaded of that franchise, I guess you can say, or that mm-hmm. those characters at this point, because I've been told those stories for my entire life. I want something new. So me getting excited about, you know, a superhero comic, I think is a good sense of where that industry is going. But also indie comics are still, they are doing so many good things right now. And it's an exciting time, especially with the internet. Mm-hmm. Brian K. Vaughn put out a series. He, Brian K. Vaughn's the writer of Saga and Why the Last Man. He's absolutely incredible, one of the best writers. And he put out a series entirely online for, for well, for pay what you want. Mm-hmm. He got like one of the best artists in the business uh, to draw. It's called Private Eye. You can find it on panelsyndicate.com. Mm-hmm. And they put each issue out every month for pay what you want model. So you could pay absolutely nothing and get this comic, this high-end, well-produced comic for free, or you can pay like 50 cents or a dollar or whatever, and it has been so successful, and it has been so good, and it's like, 
it's a really exciting time for indie comics right now because it's so easy to get your stuff out there right. and get it seen. And, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I was going to ask you next is because like everybody's talking about Saga. Even mm-hmm. people who that I know who only stick to the big two, they're talking about Saga. People people are crazy about sex criminals and everything like that. And like you said, indie comics are it's it's a really exciting time for indie comics right now. And do you feel that's because of the internet because of because it's so much easier to access that information? Yes, um, it, that definitely does help. Now people can communicate and realize they're not alone, and it's far easier to tell, oh, there is a market for this than it was like 10 years ago or 20 years ago where they were like, where they put out an issue of Spider, like the issue with Spider-Gwen, and then not realize until months later once the issue's out and the sales come in, they're like, oh, people really like this. Now it's like you can put out concept art for a character and people will lose their minds and go, yes, this is a character I want to re- want to see more of. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, the type of story I want. So it's kind of that instant, you know, you can get instant feedback on what you're creating now. Um, and in the indie comics can do the same thing. They can be like, would anybody actually pay like a dollar if they could, like, if they had to? to read this new book and yes people will pay more than a dollar if you you know give them the chance because mm-hmm. the internet and the fans they're very supportive of the creators they like they want these people to succeed because then they can get more of what they love mm-hmm. so it's like they give you money you keep doing a great thing everybody wins so with the internet being able to do that immediately and support show support and sh- you know help people finance uh it's definitely helping and definitely getting all these new books out and all these creators money. Like Patreon is definitely helping people. Kickstarter is definitely helping in like the indie comic scene Mm -hmm. because now it's attainable. Like you don't have to go through the hassle of trying to get a publisher. You don't have to go through the hassle of like, Oh, how am I going to make money of this? Like I can't make money unless I put out a book. Now you can start a comic, put it on the web and if people like it, you can start a Patreon and people will pay you every month and, it's you know that gives people more motivation to keep doing these awesome things because there have been books that were cr- incredible and phenomenal that you know they ended too soon because the artists just couldn't afford to do it. So right, yeah, it's, yeah. It's also worth mentioning the the Humble Bundle website. Yes, um, they uh, currently well currently as of the recording of this podcast. And it will unfortunately be run out by the time this podcast comes out. But they have um, uh, Image Firsts, and it's a huge collection of Image comics. Yes, um, I... which also in- in- includes Velvet and Sex Criminals and Saga, and you know, there, uh, Walking there are Dead. so many books on here. Like I'm looking at it now. Um, there's East of West, which from what I understand, East of West is a really good book. Deadly Class, you get the first trade of that. You get the first trade of Velvet. You get the first trade of Southern Bastards. First trade of Stray Bullets, which was a very legendary indie series back in like uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fuse, which was a really good sci-fi crime noir police procedural. Uh, you get the first 18 issues of Saga, which is well worth it. Yeah, it's um, worth, that that alone is worth the price. Yes, there is so many. There is so much stuff on here. I paid twenty bucks and got everything, and I do not regret paying that twenty bucks. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, definitely yeah. check that out. 
mm-hmm. within this it week because I think it's it's running out soon. I think it's running. It might be out tomorrow, actually. Oh, okay then. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, I've seen IDW bundles and and uh, Image and and um, I think even I think there was a Top Cow bundle at one point or something like yeah, that. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Either way, it's it's something to keep your eye on because they love doing. Oh no, it was Doctor Who. They had a huge Doctor Who comic. Yeah. But yeah. um, and um, oh, I just looked the. Image Humble Bundle just has raised four million, four million twenty three thousand three hundred sixty dollars, and it's rising. It's raising every time I I, I look at it, um, and that goes to the Hero Initiative, which is an absolute great uh, charity that helps out comic book creators that are older pay for their medical bills and help them live. Because it, it's sad to say that like think of like artists that created the x-men like uh john buscema or not john buscema uh david cockrum mm-hmm. uh he was one of the artists that created like the x-men as we know them like nightcrawler wolverine and stuff like that and you know you figure he helped create these legendary storylines and these legendary characters obviously he wouldn't have to worry about like dialysis treatments you know he would have insurance but they don't so there's a lot of older creators that don't have this insurance so the here initiative helps them out with that um, so definitely a charity also worth checking out and supporting. So di- yeah, get the humble bundles when you can. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, I think on that point, uh, we can, uh, we can wrap it up. TJ, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Uh, no. hopefully people check out some good stuff and learn and see the, you know, what comics can, what comics can do. So excellent. Now, speaking of checking out good stuff, where can they find your stuff? Uh, I am on Twitter. I'm at T Square, T E E S Q U A R three, the number three, mm-hmm. uh, because I was trying to make it T Square, like T Square, like how you would spell it, uh, but it was taken, and that was the only way I can get it with uh, spelling that still worked. Um, and I'm also T Square on Tumblr, mm-hmm. um, and uh, T Square on DeviantArt. Uh, I don't update my DeviantArt as frequently as my Tumblr or even my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can definitely see my comic book art on there. Uh, we're currently doing it, me and my friends are doing a 90-day art challenge where we have to post a drawing every day. So you can always go there and see my art, uh, you know, and get my insightful and delightful commentary about comic books and movies and things that I think are annoying. So. Right, right, and I, I encourage you to check out TJ's art. He is—he's uh, been fan, a fantastic artist ever since I met him, uh, which was in college, and he has only gotten better with time. Oh, so, thank you. Uh, yeah. no problem. So, yeah, go check out his sketchbat stuff and ignore mine because mine's yeah. garbage. <laughs> You're doing better. You're doing good. I am improving. It's—it's—it's it's, yeah. it's very much starting from scratch for me. But yeah, which is yeah, which is what it, that challenge is about. Like, right. So getting better. Yeah. So, uh, listener, before we leave you this week, I have some very exciting news. Listening to Panel Riot is now easier than ever. Just head on to panelriot.com, click the link that says Most Recent Episode. From there, you can play that week's episode of Panel Riot right in your browser. There's a little player right there, uh, thanks to the fine folks at Spreaker. Easy peasy on your kneesy. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox. And you can even follow Teen Heartthrob Intern Stan at Intern Stan. The show is available on Stitcher Smart Radio, Spreaker, as I mentioned earlier, iHeartRadio, and of course the big one, iTunes. Incidentally, if you could take just the briefest of moments and leave us a rating on iTunes, it would just it would just mean the world to me. Uh 
Also, I want to know what you think of the show. Please email us at panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading now and what you'll be reading after this podcast. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, what your favorite midnight snack is, what you're wearing, you know, all of it. Thanks for listening, True Believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.